Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is gonna feel real good, alright? Most dope. Everybody, please put hey. a thumb in the air. Hey. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. Welcome to Broad Street Hockey Radio. That's right, BSH Radio. We are back after our extended vacation. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. Guys, I I, I think I have to take a, I think I have to take the blame for two weeks without a show. The two weeks just kind of ran together for me. Like we were in the middle of last week when I realized like Oh no, our week off was last week. We actually have to oh, no, it's too fucking late. Like it's Wednesday now. It's that's almost Thursday. Thursday's basically the weekend. Let's regroup next week. So it was a two-week hiatus for BSH Radio, but we are back and some things have happened and there's some news and there's some speculation and we're going to get into all of it and kind of try to decipher which is which. So let's get right to it. Let's lead things off with the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle. I really missed you guys. I've had like I I have found that I need to talk about hockey with someone. Like I I didn't really realize it until we weren't doing this show, and then I was like, uh, and then I started like texting random people in my phone, like, hey, <laughs> what do you think about Nazem Kadri? Like I just I have to talk about it, and you guys are the people that I talk about it with, so we're never allowed to take two weeks off again. Thanks. That's I re- like yeah I I thoroughly missed it and. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good to have everyone well, at least at least today, Hinkle and from theathletic.com, Charlie O'Connor back today. Hello, it me. Um so it's just a bummer that uh you know Claude Drew's run to the uh the cup uh ended in round two last night. Uh that stinks. that stinks. Yeah, I was definitely hoping at the very least he would go on an extended run and you know, to lose in a sweep uh in the second round is kind of disappointing. Um very interested to see what it's going to do for um you know what his plans are for the future uh i think i think all of us have kind of acknowledged that there's pretty low probability that he's going to return to philadelphia at least next season but i'm intrigued to see what this will do to you know where he looks to sign um given the fact that obviously this was supposed to be his shot at a cup he's still good so it's not like this is a case of like i think he's going to retire um but I wonder if, you know, this will motivate him more towards, you know, signing a cheaper deal with a team that's a cup contender, or if he might just say, screw it, like, 
you know, whatever I do does seem to work anyway. No. So <laughs> no. I, might as, I might as well just go somewhere I want to go. Um, I'm just no. intrigued. Pittsburgh or I, Ottawa? Yeah, like I was expecting. Well, I mean, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. I don't think so. But, um, but uh, it's the just. Ottawa of Pennsylvania. <laughs> have you been to Ottawa, Kelly? Not yet. I'm going in September. Are you really? Yeah, for a Pearl Jam concert. Oh, cool. That's awesome. That's yeah. kind of dope. That is really cool. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just a bummer. Um, but I'll be intrigued to see what it does for his future plans because obviously, you know, he was hoping this was going to be his cup run and it didn't really come close. You know, I want to talk a little about the Florida Panthers and the the current playoffs at the end of the show. But you know what's really going to piss me off? When he signs with Colorado. That's really, mm. that's going to that's gonna cause some problems here. For me I don't know personally. how they'll fit him, but who the hell knows? Ah, they'll figure it out. They always do. The good teams. They, they figure always it out. do figure it uh, out. Mark Giordano just signed for like 800K. They'll figure something out. The yeah. best part about that one is that <laughs> apparently the team was like, we'll give you a million. And Mark Giordano was like, no, 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 no. 800's fine. Like, what's wait, wait, with hockey players? Hockey it's players only Toronto. It's not like there's a high cost of living here or anything. Well, he's, <laughs> he's from Toronto, right? Like, that's where he's originally yeah, yeah. from. So this is like another oh, one of those pajama boys. All of the hometown discounts for yeah. Toronto. I mean, I don't know. That... You know, the, the whole Toronto hometown discount thing and the, like, everybody wants to go back home to Toronto, it would annoy me more if they ever won anything. It never happened. But because right? they don't, it's just kind of funny. I kind of felt bad for him this time. Like I did, too, a little bit. Well, you this one more than Kelly. I, I was rooting for them, first of all, because I think that Florida would have had an easier time with Toronto just because they don't have stupid Vasilevsky. That's fair. Why did I say his name like that? Anyway, I don't... I didn't know where that word was going for the first like, <laughs> Sorry. two, and, two uh, syllables. I was like, also, what? They don't have... And also, this I like is going to be some guy I don't know about. They're fun to watch. Show me the they line. are. They are. Uh, man, Vasilevsky's like um, fucking amazing. He's really, I'm really so just, fucking tired just... of the Tampa Bay Lightning. God damn it. <laughs> the, they Tampa has... don't fuck up. Like, they don't fuck up ever. No, no they've... They don't make any mistakes. It's they've, infuriating. They've reached the point where, and this was, like, maybe, like, three years ago, th- when when Pittsburgh won their two straight cups, they've reached that point where it's just, like, even when they don't deserve to win, they still win. And yeah. it's it's hard for me to know whether it's, like... You cannot beat them. It's, it's hard for me to know whether it's, like... Okay, is this this nebulous like well they know how to win in the playoffs or is it that so many times everything went against them for like four or five years that now this is just like luck coming back around and giving them all of the luck because kind of the same thing happened to the Penguins where like for years it was like they were really good and then they would choke and we'd laugh and then for like three four years everything went their way. And now it just feels like the same thing's happening to Tampa where it's like, okay, they got they had bad luck and everything broke against them in the playoffs for like an entire decade. And now this is like, this is their karma. Now they can give up 50 shots and still win because like they, that's just going to happen. So many that's, shots. I want to see Tampa, Colorado so bad, but we will, uh, we will get into the playoffs a little later in the show. I see Kelly wants to jump in very no, okay. badly. But we have I'm to wait. keep it moving. Right. We got to get to the flyer shit first, Kelly. Oh. We haven't done this in weeks. I mean, like, do we have to? Though? My crops. Dying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just want to thank, uh, before we get into the show, I want to thank all our listeners who tuned in. Uh, everybody who called while I was hosting the WIP overnight shift. 
uh, shift over the last week. I had six shows in nine days. Uh, every single night got calls from BSH listeners. Awesome uh, to get to talk, whether you wanted to talk flyers or literally anything else. Because, you know, well, hmm. anything else. Uh, <laughs> hey, I just want to say I appreciate our audience's support. Like, it's fucking like my dream job and you guys are listening to three, four in the morning. Uh, it's it's cool as hell that uh, the support happy. came from this this fucking podcast <laughs> where we talk about whatever the hell uh, we want. So let's get into a little bit of house cleaning to kick off the show. I, I just started, like, when I was putting the outline together, I was like, oh, it's like, oh, yeah, the Nick Sealer thing, that was a couple days ago. Okay, I'll throw that in there. Saw the Lena Sandine resigning. And then I see, oh, yeah. Fedotov? Is that how we're saying it? That's how yeah. we're saying it. I, I ref- That's how we're saying I it. I refuse. I refuse. Fedotov. <laughs> how dare <laughs> you? How dare uh, you, like, xenophobe? I, I, well. well. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I know. I'm sorry. And it's not even like... It, like I hate most of the rest of this country. It's just like the Delaware Valley. Is the, like, <laughs> really if you like don't sound either. like... If you don't sound like you're from Delco... I, <laughs> oh, Got to watch some Mayor Beast Town. Get yourself back. Yeah, in exactly. Room. Like if if you don't just wear a hoodie and pajama pants to Wawa, like I don't, I don't give a shit. smoking your vape pen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so and, like all of a sudden, like I think I assume it was Kelly who put like the rest of the stuff in the outline for this part. Like yeah, you know, the Fedotov. No, and, it, was, uh, it had to be Charlie because it wasn't me. I put okay, that in like, there. It me. I, I the journalist. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, the guy who knows what's going on. I just saw that and was like, when did that... Wasn't that like a month ago? Like, it just seems like that was so long ago. But So they've uh, they've re-signed uh, some of their players. They've signed some prospects. The most, uh, the most compelling of which is Ivan Fedotov because, yeah, he could be very well the backup for this team next year. Kind of really hope he is. Uh, unless, you know, Felix the Cat just absolutely kills it. Uh, any reaction to any of this stuff? I thought, like, listen, I don't think Nick Sealer's an NHL player, but, like, at 775K, he's making, well, you know, a little less than Mark Giordano. I, I mean, well, who do you want to talk about first? Do we want to talk about Sealer or do we want to talk about Fedotov? Uh, let's, uh, Sealer doesn't really matter. Like, it's just funny that, you know, because it people was freaked out just, about it. It was just, like, Chuck... Like why? Why is why does that have to be on your first, mind? Like why, why are you have to thinking be about him? You know what the I mean? First like move mm, of the offseason. Yeah. Like, is there nothing else that you needed to work on? You had to get. Is Nick, is Nick Sealer the Minnesota guy? Yeah. Uh, that that is. Yeah, that is. I think part it's of it. Just, the on. Minnesota thing. It's just it gets really exhausting. Yes. Because like, and I think you know part of the Minnesota thing that really. Like, it's, it's not that big of a deal. Like, Nick Sealer, like, he was kind of a big deal this year because everybody got hurt, so he had to play. But, like, generally speaking, he's probably, like, you know, should be, you know, like, the eighth or ninth defenseman on the depth chart. Yeah. Like, you should be playing Whatever. in the AHL, and you call him up when guys get hurt, and he's fine. He's fine if he's play, if he plays, you know, 10, 15 games a year and stands in and maybe gets in an exciting fight, and that's cool. That's yeah. fine. But it, it's the Minnesota thing, it's not that it's bad in isolation. But the problem is, is that it speaks to an issue with Chuck that we've seen over these last couple years, and it's that Chuck just doesn't, he doesn't seem like 
at least here, I mean, I can't really speak to his Minnesota tenure, doesn't seem like he has a lot of imagination. Mm-mm. Like it's yeah. not, like there isn't, it's it's a very conventional general managing style with him and the constant going back to the well of Minnesota players just speaks to that because it's yeah. like you have do you have to always get guys who you've had before do you always have to hire coaches you've had before like do you have to always have to hire like equipment managers you've had before and i'm not even saying they're bad i'm just saying that like it, it's it speaks to an issue that we've seen over the last couple of years, which is an issue I've I've talked about quite a few times in the show, which is that it's not that I think Chuck Fletcher has actively, in a lot of ways, like been a bad GM. He's more passively been a bad GM the last couple of years for the Flyers. And part of that is not being able to identify and anticipate problems. And part of a lot of that is a failure of imagination, which is why the constant Minnesota connection stuff, it just it's just part of it. It's just part of that issue. Yeah, I, I just sit back and look and like, yes, Nick Sealer, death defenseman. He's, you know, if he's in, you're missing some guys. But it's just like, if that's the case, can't we look to upgrade a little? Can't we like, let's try something different just because we know what this is. And he sees that as, no, I, I know what it is. Yeah. Let's yeah. just keep that. Let's just keep with that thing. It's like, well, that, that thing's, not the least bit inspiring. Like, yeah. there's zero upside. We know exactly what Nick Sealer is, and he's not going to be anything but that. And uh, we, we've talked so much about what it's going to take to pull off, like, competing next season, uh, if that is, in fact, the actual plan. Uh, they have very few assets, very little cap space, very few really good players. Um, you're going to have to be a little creative, well, this shows it's almost like the uh, the Ristolainen move. Like it's not even necessarily about the individual player, just big picture wise. What what are we doing? Well, in fairness, for yeah. me, it was also about the individual player. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <it> is, <laughs> you don't say. It is in fact about the individual player because this one, like, he's whatever. Like good good for you, Nick Sealer. You had a couple of scraps last year. Honestly, you're probably a lot better than you uh, than we saw because you played so many minutes next to Keith Yandel. You might actually be like a sixth defenseman in this league. Who's to say? Uh, but I guess Ivan Fedotov, that's the interesting one. Um, we talked a couple weeks ago, like maybe the last time we recorded shit. Um, we didn't know if he'd be able to come over. We weren't yeah, that... sure about what that situation would be. Exactly. Uh, whether he'd be able to report to camp. Like, can you sign him? If you do... Like, how does he compete for the job if he can't be here? And it looks like it's going to work out. Yeah. Well, I mean, they signed him to a contract. So if they wouldn't sign him, it's only a one-year deal. You know, that's that's, an, that's one thing that some people on Twitter were a little bit confused about, which was like, why would you only sign him to a one-year deal? The, that is actually the rule. So the way that entry-level contracts are, I think there's some people who don't fully understand this. The thing with entry-level contracts is there isn't a lot of flexibility in terms of what you can actually offer guys. And the length of the entry-level contract is mandated by the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement of the NHL, based on how old a prospect is when he signs. Yeah, so if you sign a 25-year-old prospect, which Fedotov is, you can only sign into a one-year deal. Now, the good thing for the Flyers is if, you know, if he's good and if they want to keep him, he'll be an RFA after next season. 
So they won't have run the risk of losing in the unrestricted free agency immediately because you don't get UFA status until you're 27. Um, but it does tell me that because they brought him over on the one-year deal, and again, they had to do that, they wouldn't have signed him unless they were 100% certain that he was going to be able to come over because you don't sign mm-hmm. a guy to a one-year yeah. deal and then end up finding out in a month or two that, oh, no, he can't get over here, so we're just going to loan you back to the KHL for the entire length of the contract we just signed you to. So he's coming over. I, I assume logistically they have gotten that down where they know for an absolute fact he'll come over. Now, for people who don't know Fedotov that well or aren't as familiar with him— he was a draft pick dynamite guy literally years ago. I mean, they drafted him years ago. This was in like the very beginning of the Hextall tenure, 2015. He was a seventh round pick and they just kind of parked him like in Russia. Um, basically because why not? You know, you just see what happens and he's become a good KHL goaltender. Um, he's huge. Like he's, he's either six so foot big. seven or six foot eight, depending upon which, um, you know, which I guess height database you trust. But he's a ginormous goalie. But um, he really, really they got the metric good. system over there. It's a whole different thing. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, but he was really, really good in the playoffs. Um, you know, he had a 937 save percentage over 22 games in the KHL playoffs. His team won the, uh, I don't know, is it the Gagarin Cup? I don't quite know how to pronounce that correctly. Um, you know, but I don't uh, know. anyway, um, <laughs> make something up. Yeah, sure. Uh, why not? But uh, he got a lot of hype this year. He played really well in the Olympics, too. That's, I think, where yeah. probably where the hype started. And then he just had a fantastic postseason as well in the KHL. Um, so you're talking about a 25-year-old goaltender who's been a good KHL goaltender for years and who appears to have taken a decent step forward this past season. You know, this isn't – he's a prospect in a sense, but he's not your normal prospect. So. It's not really out of the realm of possibility that he nabs this backup job. Like I don't, I don't think he would have come over unless he was given him and his agent were given assurances that at the very least he's going to have a shot to win it. And that's big because he's he's on a cheap contract. I mean, we've been the Flyers have been paying you know like guys like two two and a half mil mil a year to be below average backups for the last few years. Even if Fedotov is a below average backup, at least they're paying him less than that. <laughs> yeah, at least mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, at least it's cheap. Like, I-, I guarantee you, he's better than Martin Jones. Like, 100%, he's better than third game in a row, Brian Elliott. Like, that's yeah. <laughs> that's just going to be the truth. Uh, now, I think you're underselling a little bit, Charlie. Sure, he's going to have a chance to compete for the backup job. You know who else is going to have a chance to compete for the backup job? Carter Number 79, Hart. Carter Hart. <laughs> Uh, so next, uh, coming up next on first take, Carter Hart expendable. Uh, <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh boy. No, I, I'm just like, how can you not? And we're gonna get our hopes up, obviously, because that's what we do, especially with product, uh, with prospects. But how can you not let your mind wander a little bit? Like, oh, a six foot eight Russian goalie. Hmm. Oh. Interesting. Like. <laughs> It has the possibility to be a little exciting. Uh, now, I hope, you know, I hope Carter Hart turns out into the franchise goalie we always thought he was going to be. Blah, blah, blah. It's not exciting. But also, it's cool to have a backup plan because this team, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. This team so badly needs high-end talent, and they recognize that. There's only a few ways to get it. 
They refuse to draft highly enough consistently to get it. They don't have the money to just go out and buy it. Um, if you have two really good goalies, you can turn one of them into more high-end talent. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And I think one thing that is, and to be clear, like I am, I am not a you know, I'm not expecting Ivan Fedotov to be some superstar. That said, I am. I'm sure you are. <laughs> that said, there's something to be said about this particular generation of Russian goalies. I mean, yes. they're they've been they got the good dope for for whatever reason. And I mean, I don't certainly don't know enough about you know Russian goaltender development. I don't know enough about goaltender <laughs> development. Period. But I mean, you're talking about Russia. You know, in this like mid twenties age range, has pumped out Vasilevsky, Shosturkin, and Sorokin, who's pretty good. Like, yeah, you know, and, and Fedotov is right in their age range. And you do wonder if like, you know, sometimes country development programs, they hit on something, they figure something out and they figure it out before, you know, other countries can copy it. You know, it happened with Sweden for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it, it definitely happened in Canada, you know, years ago and, and it's not it doesn't last forever because eventually other countries figure it out and you know knowledge passes around. But hey, maybe there's something to this that like this is a really good generation of young of of youngish you know in prime Russian goaltenders and it'd be kind of cool if the Flyers were able to nab one. Sure would. And I got to tell you, I I mean I like Carter Hart. Obviously, we were all hoping he was going to be the guy, but like. I don't give a shit if it's somebody else. Like, if Fedotov comes over here and he's better, like, all right, cool. Claude Giroux taught me never... into a scorer. Thanks. Claude Giroux, <laughs> Claude Giroux taught me never to love again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> these, are all, these are all nameless faces, faceless. This is, this is NHL. They're like, assets, this baby. Is, this is Chell, baby. Yeah, uh, I like, shit about any of these dudes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, these, these are all... These are all simulations on my television well, screen. <laughs> one thing that is worth pointing out, though, and this is something that you know people should take into account when looking at Fedotov's numbers, the KHL is a lower scoring league, so yes. huh? you know you can't you can't look at like oh he had a nine nineteen save percentage in the KHL that means he's going to have a nine nineteen save percentage in the NHL. Like that's that's really not how it works. Like I'm going to go through and look at the KHL numbers from this year, like. The top goalie in the league had a 934. They were like 10 goalies over 920. Like Fedotov's 919 ranked him 15th in the league. And like, that's fine, but it's not like he was, you know, the best goalie. You know, whereas if you see a guy, if you see a guy with a 919 save percentage in the NHL, you're like, ah, he's pretty damn good. In the KHL, he's kind of like just the guy. Um, Now, granted, you have the great performance of the Olympics. You have the great performance of the playoffs. So those were legitimately impressive relative to his peers, you know, and whatnot. But... This isn't like this isn't someone who is at the top of the charts in the KHL. So not saying you can't get excited. I mean, crap. Like Flyers fans kind of need a reason to get excited about anything right now. So like get <laughs> get intrigued by by Fedotov. That's fine. But just have in the back of your head that like there's a reason why you know he's 25 and just coming over now. Yeah, like I, I'm I'm kidding when I'm talking I about know, him being a superstar. Yeah, I know. I'm Are just you? like oh. No. Well, no. <laughs> no, I, I'm just playing the odds here. Eventually, something has to go our fucking way. You would <laughs> think, right? You would think eventually doesn't, doesn't something Doesn't one have to of these Hextall draft picks have to turn out? Why not the seventh round guy from fucking 2015? Why like, not? Well, why not? Uh, it, it could be. Stupid shit happens all the time. This is hockey. Uh, it would be cool. 
Uh, but I'm just looking forward to getting just a little bit of new, a little bit of new injected into this team. Yeah. Like, not not the 34-year-old backup who, can we trust him to play back, you know, like, two out of three games or something when, when Carter Hart, you know, needs a spell, when he's in a, when he's in a little bit of a rut, or if he's hurt for two weeks, like, can we trust him? Like, I'm just looking forward to having a young guy who maybe has some upside rather than... Uh, you know, a veteran that you're hoping can just hang on and not get hurt himself if you yeah. need him for two and, weeks. And, that's, so, and that, goes, cool. that goes back to the, the Nick Sealer thing. It's just like, is yeah. it that big of a deal? No, but it's like, why? Like, do we really why? need exactly. to rehash this? Why? Yeah, like, can't... Where's where's the 2015 pick that should be Nick Sealer? Like, why do we have... <laughs> yeah, fucking... Like, we've already spent far too much time talking about Nick Sealer. I guess it's time to get into the coaching search, unless we have anything else here. Uh, well, they signed Adam yeah. Yinning, who I don't think is very good, but oh, he that, might be. He guy. could be Robert Haig. I purposefully Ooh. skipped it because I don't know if it's Ginning or Yinning, and it's I didn't Yenning. want to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he might be Robert Haig. I'm not doing. Get Yenning excited! Either. I'm doing Ginning. Get excited! So we're doing Fedotov and we're doing Ginning because that's just what we do here. Can we call him like Yin Yang or something? I think yeah, that's not? fun. Yeah, I mean that'd be a fun uh, nickname. So we'll never play for the Flyers. So as as far there. as fun hockey names go, I mean I don't know. Like if you call him Yin Yang, though, that might be a bit culturally insensitive. But like at least it would be uh, creative. I guess. Um. So the coaching search. I just I wanted to start off with the thing that was going around on Flyers Twitter yesterday, uh, talking about how perhaps the Flyers still don't have a plan, and it was kind of. Taken from the context of the 32 po- uh, thirty two Thoughts podcast uh, with Marek and Friedman. And just the idea like, well, you know, maybe they'll choose trots, but they're not in a hurry because they don't know what the team's going to look like. And they'll choose a coach based on how they want the team made up. And so I went in and uh, actually listened to that, that podcast because it seemed like there needed to be quite a bit more context for the conversation that was had. Uh, so if you'll allow me to just read what I transcribed from this show, and then we can discuss the idea, and then we'll get into the coaching candidates and stuff. But this, the conversation about Barry Trotz and the Flyers' uh, process of hiring a coach and all that starts off with uh, Marek. <clears throat> he says, I don't get the sense that the Flyers are in a hurry. This is just my theory because I don't know that Philadelphia knows what their team is going to look like next year. Is it going to be a really young team? Is it going to be a mix of older players and younger players? I don't know that Philadelphia is there yet uh, with what the team is going to look like. I don't think they're in a hurry to name the coach. Even if it costs them a couple of candidates, whatever, I think that they're fine to let this process play itself out. To which Friedman replied, Well, that would say to me, assuming that's true, and I have no reason to believe you're lying to my face right here as we look at each other, (laughs) assuming that's true, what happens if we get to the end of the week and Barry Trotz says, I'm going to make my choice. Do you think that changes Philadelphia's mind? I've heard he's very high on their list, if not the number one candidate, and Barry Trotz, based on the job he's done in a few different places now, if, uh, if I wanted to improve quickly and I was looking for structure... He'd be very high on my list right now. The only thing that makes me question what you just said is what happens at the end of the week if Barry Trotz says, I want to make my choice. Are you in or are you out? And Marek says, I'm not Chuck Fletcher. I don't know, which I found hilarious. (laughs) Good way to end it. The reason I wanted to read through all that is because, listen, I'm going to get my jokes off online. We all are 
let's make fun of this team as much as possible. They have earned it. Um, we've had the conversation so many times, what you think and what you would do versus what the people who actually make the decisions would do. And the whole Marrick thing kind of comes off to me, the way I heard it and the way I just read it out loud. Um, this is me. It, like if Jeff Marrick was making the decisions, yes. I don't know what this team is and if they should be trying to compete right away. I agree, Jeff. Uh, but like, so I don't know if Barry Trotz would be the guy because I don't know what this team is actually going to be made up of. While Friedman says, well, if you're looking for structure and to compete, which we believe is the actual plan put in place by the people who do make the decisions, uh, then Trotz should be and probably is the target. Now, I, both of them could be, you know, like, I don't know the answer, but I just think maybe a little too much was made out of yes. that they don't know. Yes. Um, I don't think they know what they're doing overall, whether they're the fan <laughs> or not. It's probably not, it's they probably don't. not a fucking good one. No, they like, don't. I, 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 a little bit of room for like context here. The, well, well, because the quote that circulated on Twitter yesterday, probably by choice, because, you know, it's not as spicy if you add this in, that it left out the, the whole this is just my theory portion of what Merrick said. And when I read the thing on Twitter, I was like, shit, I got to go listen to 32 Thoughts like immediately. Yeah. And so I put it on in the car and I'm listening to it and I'm like, wait a minute, this is just like, this is two guys on a podcast talking about what might happen the same way that we do. We're just not Jeff Merrick and... Oh, sorry. And like, We're just not Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman. Like, obviously, those guys know stuff. Yeah. And when they know stuff, they're pretty clear about, I heard this from someone or someone told me. Like, it's, 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 they don't really make it ambiguous, especially Friedman. When he knows something, you know that he knows it. And you can trust it because he's an insider. Yeah, it's uh, Elliot For realsies, insider. Yeah. Um, but this was very much just like, a, I'm looking at this team and they clearly don't know what the fuck they're doing. So they're probably going to do this, this, and this. And then Friedman's like, well, maybe they'll do this. Like, it was very much not like a, this is a sourced thing that I heard. And people made it out to be like Chuck Fletcher said to Elliot Friedman, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, buddy. We're just going to figure it out. And that's not really what happened. Yeah, to be, but so like, to, to jump yeah, in here sure. for a second, like, I agree with that to a point. Because I definitely think this isn't like he had a conversation with Chuck Fletcher and Chuck Fletcher told him, you know, on background that like, ah, we don't really know what we're doing. You know, we're, we're not sure yet. Like, I do not think. However, I don't think that Merrick like just pulled this out of his ass. Like, I think this is something probably like he heard he's heard like people around the league talk. And right. you have like and they have conversations with people with other teams, you know, with with agents, with scouts. And like, I don't think this came from the flyers necessarily but this might just be the general perception in league circles that yes, like that was my thought yes that like that the flyers that team you don't know what they're doing yes that the flyer yes. that the people don't really know if the flyers have made a decision yet. and the truth is i think that that's like here's the way i here's the way i would position everything um in terms of like what Merrick was getting at, because it doesn't come across as badly if I, I think if you if you look at it this way, I think the Flyers absolutely are not a hundred percent sure what they're going to be doing. You know what like their aim would be next year. I don't think they're a hundred percent certain yet, but here's why: because 
Barry Trotz has, like, they, no one, re- I mean, it was out there, but, like, no one was sure Barry Trotz was going to get fired. I don't think it was it was given by any means. You didn't necessarily think that, like, maybe the best coach in hockey is going to be made available. Okay, so that's number one. Number two, there's no guarantee he's going to pick the Flyers. In fact, I would suspect he will not pick the Flyers. But you owe it to yourself as an organization to chase down the best coach or one of the best coaches in hockey when he's available, especially when you know you have the money to pay him. Now, if Barry Trotz calls you up and says, hey, I'm picking you, then suddenly you have one of the best coaches in hockey, then it's like, okay, you know what? We got Barry Trotz. Let's try to win next year. Yes. If you don't get him and you have to hire like a Rick Tockett or a Jim Montgomery or someone who like, hey, they might be a good coach, but like they're not Barry Trotz. Like they're not, they don't have that like cachet, that resume of coming in and immediately turning teams into, <clears throat> into, into you know, playoff teams and contenders and whatever. Then maybe you don't go as all in on trying to build the team with veterans and the kind of guys that a Barry Trotz team, you know, wins with. So I do think there's truth to the idea that they don't exactly know what team they're going to, they're going to build yet, but that kind of makes sense because it is in a sense going to be dictated by the coach that they can convince to come here. And if you get Barry Trotz, it has to change your opinion of what you're going to do the rest of the off season, because suddenly you got Barry freaking Trotz. He doesn't lose. No, and just like the very, the very big, yes, like you try to win if you have trots like that. And it's going to be like, it's his decision, you know, like looking at the list of suitors that they went over on the show, Flyers, Jets, Vegas, possibly the Red Wings. um, I would say the Flyers are the least attractive job. Now there's other things that come into play. Yeah. Uh, There's, there's, yeah, money, uh, family things. Like there's all sorts of shit that comes into play. Uh, I just... In terms of the, like, maybe they don't know what they're doing part, one, like, can't you just see, like, let's say Jeff Marrick and Stevie Y sitting there having a beer? It's like, what are the Flyers doing? And Stevie Y's like, I don't fucking know. Exactly. What the yeah. fuck are they doing? Like, I don't, look at them. I don't know. They're going to try to compete. We'll see. They're pretty bad. And then just, like, the amount of work that they have to do, like, watch these playoffs. Jesus Christ. It's an insurmountable task, but let's just pretend it's possible. The amount of work that they have to do this offseason to get to that level, um, they have no idea if they can accomplish that because it's it, it's an insurmountable task. It's not going to be easy. Like, yeah, like, it, yeah, we don't know what we're going to be next year because we need, like, three superstars and uh, our three superstars available. How do we get them? Uh, you know, so... Uh, <laughs> Where do we go out and get one of those? What <laughs> store can we find them at? Like, so I just think it's more that. And, like, I'm not here to, like, try to make the Flyers look better. Or like, try to, like, I don't give a shit. They've ruined the last two years of my life. Like, <laughs> you know, I I just think the reaction to this that went around yesterday required more context. And I think we, yeah. we provided it here. Um yeah, just First, to, ju- when you just see- to jump in, because I, I I don't know where you were going to switch this, but like moving back to trots for a second. Yeah. I mean, the more and I could be I could be surprised, you know, maybe maybe trots will pull a shocker. The, the more I hear, like, it just doesn't seem like the winds are blowing in in favor of him ending up in Philly. Um, I think the Flyers would be willing to offer him a lot of money. 
Um, I think he's listened to their pitch. Um, I just think that, you know, I, I had heard a rumor this weekend that he was zeroing in a Winnipeg. I wasn't able to confirm that. So that just might be scuttlebutt around the league. Um, another thing that, that, that was, was brought up to me and I wonder, like, like, I wonder if we're not making a big enough deal out of this just because of the way that the flyers are structured. Um, Trotz apparently wants to be, if he's going to coach, he also wants a say in management. Two mm. birds stoned at once. Well. That's two problems solved. I mean, we, we might look at it like that. <laughs> but look at the way the Flyers are structured. Look at, you know, look at how, you know, they want their, you know, their collaborative environment where, you know, you have Chuck and you have the old heads and you have, and I don't know if they would be willing to promise Trotz the kind of personnel control that he might want. And another team might be willing to do that. Like, does, does Winnipeg do that? I don't know. Maybe Shevel Dayoff is iffy on it, but like, maybe he just knows he needs to save his job. I don't know. Maybe Fletcher knows that too, but <laughs> I just, I, I, I wonder I don't think it's just Chuck here. Like, I think there's there's a lot of yeah. voices in that front office, and I don't know if all the voices in the front office would want to add Barry Trotz to the front office. No, because he's more respected than most of them, and they don't want They're their all failures. stupid opinions to be overridden <laughs> by a guy that knows how to win hockey games in 2022. They I just don't, don't, yeah. Like, I just don't know. I mean... I think the Flyers will offer, if they have not already, will offer Barry Trotz a lot of money to be coach. I don't know if they will offer him a lot of money to be coach and other stuff, whereas other yeah. teams Man. might do that. If I'm Chuck Fletcher, like, this is the dream. A guy smarter than me wants to do my <laughs> job for me. Like, this is your best chance at staying on, bro. I really need <laughs> Chuck Fletcher to collaborate a little less, I think. Like, <laughs> uh, just maybe stop listening to other people. Well, Kelly, to be fair, though, the whole scouting department, the entire front office wanted Kale McCarr at two, and it was just oh, Ron Hextall. Just so Ron. we need to keep those people. We need to keep those people employed, you know? Yeah. Like, they're the brain trust. When I look at a guy like Kale McCarr, I think, you know what? That's a Bob Clark hockey player right there. That's, that's exactly what we're looking for. Yeah, a, a small-ish defenseman that skates really fast and scores a lot of goals. Oh, yeah. That's a Bob Clark player. So I, I think like everyone's kind of looking at the Jets in terms of uh, in terms of where you think Trotz will ultimately end up. Uh, it, either you disagree, like they brought up Vegas, Red Wings, Flyers. It does make sense. Um, you know, obviously it's it's you know home for him, so that does make sense. But yeah, you know, you're looking at all the other teams involved in this, I I actually would agree that the Flyers probably, with the exception of money, would be the the least attractive. Like Vegas is an, a contender right now. I mean, yeah, they missed the playoffs, but like talent wise, they are they have the talent to be a contender. The Red Wings are in a much better place from a young talent standpoint than the Flyers are. I mean, they have elite top end, you know, under 25, under 22, really, talent. So the Flyers need to get that. We've been talking about that for weeks, for months. The Red Wings already have it. And the Red Wings look like they're ready to turn the corner in the next couple of years. So, you know, look, if the Flyers get Barry Trotz, props to, you know, props to Chuck Fletcher and props to Comcast because they really pulled off a coup because it just doesn't seem like 
doesn't seem like it makes a lot of sense for Trotz to want to come to Philly. No. <laughs> no, and like and there there could be other personal reasons he ends up here. Uh maybe the money is just so good, maybe there's any number of circumstances that lead him uh to take the job in Philly, but just looking at what else is out there, I I don't see it and as much as it would be cool to have the best coach available, um ultimately it'll probably just lead them to kicking the can down the road a little yes, longer. Yes, that's my thing. I kind of feel like, I mean, like, I know people are going to be super pissed off when Barry Trotz picks a different team, but, like, ultimately it's good. Because if, like Charlie said, if they're waiting on the coach to determine the pathway for next season, Trotz is the one that more than any other makes, forces you to have to try to do the retool thing. Yeah. Whereas yeah. another coach, you could say to yourself, all right, like, Jim Montgomery isn't going to force the team into the playoffs next year. Maybe they'll get there. Maybe they won't. But that might make them a little bit more future-focused than having to go all in because you hired Barry Trotz for like $10 million a season or something. Like, it's probably for the best, ultimately, if we don't get him, which means we definitely will, so... I mean, yeah, Trotz is a really good coach. So, and it would be fun. Not, that's it, it would be fine. fun to watch good hockey, after, especially after like these last two years. Wins. So, I like wins, wins are good. I like them. <laughs> They're enjoyable. <laughs> but you I know. keep wins on in a jar oh, on top God. of my refrigerator. I would like more. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it would be a short-term thing. Regard, like they'd be better for a couple of years, and then they'd ultimately you know, have to figure, uh, like, eventually realize, yeah, we we got to start over anyway. So at least, like, the short term would be a little bit more fun. Uh, or I'm maybe you get lucky. Even... Like, maybe the Flyers get lucky. Maybe they hire shots, they draft a superstar <laughs> at number five, and then they hit on, like, a guy in the mid-rounds. the mid rounds. I don't know. Like, you never know. Hockey's freaking Charlie weird. really has had a good couple of weeks off. Yeah, man. Two weeks off. It's <laughs> like a new Charlie's... man. <laughs> Charlie's looking all handsome. He's the he, he's all he's not pissed off. He, he's not angry like at the world. Talking he's about not the Flyers getting breaks yeah. and luck. Like what? <laughs> Flyers saying. are gonna get Flyers are gonna get the most talented player in the history of the game, and he can't skate with his head up. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the last time they got lucky. The last time <laughs> can't be this bleak so, forever. All right. Uh, no, like uh, yeah, things have to turn eventually. Jesus, uh, right? Like, there's only 32 teams. The wheel can only spin so many times. It's like uh, it's like when you see a roulette wheel. It's come up red like 12 times in a row. You're like fucking putting it all on black. That's how yeah. probability works. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Everything's so, 50-50. If it's we don't think Trotz is gonna choose the Flyers because like when it came out that they were interviewing him, I was like no. They're not interviewing him. He's interviewing them. Yeah, right. that's like, probably yeah. more accurate, actually. The Flyers have... No the one's Flyers interviewing have, Barry Trotz. The Flyers have one thing to ask in the in the course of this meeting uh, between them and Barry Trotz. Hey, Barry, would you like the job? And then Barry does <laughs> the rest of the... And then Barry does the rest of the questioning and says, I'll get back to you, Charlie. Uh, yep. <laughs> not you, Charlie. Chuck Fletcher. Bad um, Charlie. That would be yeah. kind of funny if somebody called Chuck Fletcher Charlie. Or Charles. You should start doing Always it. refer to him as Charles Fletcher. Charles. <laughs> Charles. 
Charles. You should start doing it. So if we don't think <laughs> if we don't think it's going to be trots, what? How do we see this working out? It's going to be fucking Tockett. I, if I had to bet, I would bet on Montgomery because it it really it well it does line up like you're hearing this like well the Flyers are kind of like taking it you know taking it slow. And that makes a lot more sense if part of the reason why they're taking it slow is because they think Montgomery's their fallback and they can't hire him until the Blues lose anyway. Ah, fair point, Charles. Like, they could hire Taka whenever the hell they want it. That's yeah. true. If I'm like, man, if I'm one of the guys on TNT, why in the fuck would I go back to coaching? Honestly, it's what such a fun an job. easier job. Yeah. It's so much easier. So much easier. It's essentially this podcast on television. Yeah. In between yeah. periods. It's incredible. The TN like the ESPN broadcast, oh, just so for, side note here, ESPN is bad. Um, I don't know how they're blowing it so bad. They were so good at hockey before. The Turner broadcasts are excellent. Really good. Like they're killing it, I think. Uh, they're like it, the ESPN guys. Like, f- even forget the stu- like the studio shows. Like, they're just they're the play guys by calling play in the color. games are real. Yeah, their play by play in color is not good. Like no. TNT, every single every single pairing is good. I feel like, uh, but regardless, um, I, I feel like Montgomery is the perfect mix of like guy I want but not exciting. Uh, so, like <laughs> it's the. Like it's yeah, the sure. alumni, it's the alumni that you probably don't remember. Like it's the, <laughs> the just the perfect. Like okay, we got a coach, and he might end up being a really good coach. Like the dude had success in college. The stars were good under him before he had to take his uh, leave of absence, hiatus, whatever the whatever the hell you want to call it. Um, you know, for personal reasons, uh, he might end up being a really good coach, and it could benefit them in the long run. That that Barry Trotz doesn't mm-hmm. choose them. I'd like Montgomery, which is why I keep going. Stock it. It's good. Yeah. Stock it. Oh, I mean, there, there was so hot. Like, well, then there was Andy Strickland yesterday. Everyone thinks good. Yeah. Well, but oh I yeah, think, Strickland yesterday. Strickland yesterday was shit. like hearing about Torts. I haven't heard anything about Torts, but I, I what what I can tell you about Torts is that I can I know that back in December when they fired AV that there were people in the organization that liked the idea of torts. And I imagine those same like I imagine those same people and still like the idea of torts. <laughs> yes, of course they do. Uh, I don't do. dislike the idea of Tortorella. It's just how many guys and we can say the same thing about Trots. Like nobody wins a cup two places. Like when you have the retread, I feel like you yes, you raise your floor but also your ceiling is like basically what the Flyers had prior to the previous two seasons. Like that's what they're going to be. They're going to be the 2016 Flyers. And it's the same as Trotz. Like Tortorella is going to force you to go in on next season. Which is like, you know, whatever. What about Paul Maurice? I just, you know what my view on Paul Maurice is? The good? the one thing I will say about Maurice that I think would might be good for this team is that he is a good communicator. He's a player's coach, especially after AV. That might be a good thing for this team. Um, but I just I look at Paul Maurice as he's like I don't want to say replacement level coach because that's being too harsh. But like he doesn't make a team better. He doesn't make a team worse. 
they play exactly to the, the level of their talent. So like, nah, fuck. Well, can't if you do that. If, if you were to, <laughs> if you were to hire him, like if let's say like I don't know, let's say like Florida Bernard, fired dude. Andrew Brunette and then yeah. they hire Paul Maurice, Florida be real good. And if Arizona hire Paul Maurice, Arizona be real bad. Like he's not he's not moving the needle. There are certainly worse coaches you could hire. You could hire Randy Carlisle. I mean, watch the Flyers fucking hire hire Randy Carlisle. But oh um, God, why would but, you say that out loud? But they, point being is that couldn't. there are certainly worse coaches you could hire than Paul Maurice. I just don't. I've never viewed Paul Maurice like every year the Jets came into the season on paper looking good. They were good. And every year the Jets came in the season, look, season looking mediocre on paper, they were mediocre. And when they came into the season looking bad on paper, they were bad. Like he just, he just coaches the teams that he has and gets, you know, exactly what you expect out of them. And I'd like to shoot higher than that. Same. That would be nice. Although, hmm, could help out in the uh, Bedard sweepstakes. Oh God, they're not that. See, bad. no, that's that's they're not that. If they're that, if they're unfortunately, healthy. they're not that bad. Yeah, like. If they were, we'd be having a totally. I if they were that bad, I'd be much more optimistic about the future. <laughs> I know that sounds ridiculous, but I would be. So let's do a uh, let's do a break. Yeah, we got to do a break, and then I want to uh, look look a uh, look. We'll talk a little bit more about coaching and take a look around the league. So yeah, uh, hang out through this commercial, and we're gonna make fun of Claude Giroux on the other side. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are... It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome back, fam. Uh, I don't actually want to make fun of Claude Giroux. I, I, I'll, we'll talk about this in a second. Any, any thoughts on uh, anything else on the coaching search doesn't seem like they've made a ton of progress even though we've taken the last two weeks off it's just kind of yeah they talked to trots and um everything else is as we thought it was like tocket's got a shot montgomery's got a shot tortorella's got these are all the things we were talking about two three weeks ago mm-hmm. pretty all much right. yeah i mean we're, yeah. i think i think at this point they're kind of waiting on trots even though I don't think they're going to get him, like that's sort of makes where sense. we're at here. You know, when Trotz makes his decision, if they know they're out on him, then they move on to the next concepts. Just waiting on Suter and Parisi and hoping, ah, shit, everyone else is off the market too. Well, we're mm. fucked. Well, uh, Bruno Gervais time. <laughs> Bruno Gervais, baby, just as good as Matt Carl. I wrote it for Bleacher Report. Um, I want to start, I guess, with the uh, the Panthers and Claude Giroux. Swept out of the second round by Tampa. 
Um, just reaction. Like, I feel bad for G. I feel I bad wasn't for as- G. He he had a pretty good playoffs, and I don't know what happened to Barkov. I don't that know game what happened seven was sick. to Huberto. I Vasilevsky was obviously like the thing that really got them swept out. I don't think they would have gotten swept if they didn't have that guy in net. But sure. Yeah. The the Panthers, even in the first round with Washington, like they didn't look as good as they did in the regular season. And it's kind it's really weird. I, I had a really like long and good conversation with Micah while I was on vacation about like what happens to really good hockey players that are always good in the regular season and then always not in the playoffs because like like what is actually like materially the difference there? And I think it I think maybe it's mental and like maybe that's why Tampa's so good now is that like they don't feel the pressure that a team like Florida feels because they've already done it twice and so they're able to just like go out there and play hockey rather than think, than think so much but well they've also they also failed so many times in the past that, that yeah I mean, it just, it stinks because it was a nice little thing for Flyers fans that aren't miserable pricks to kind of just like come together and have a little fun in the playoffs for the first time in a long time. And, uh, you know, it stinks that he didn't get to do it because I think that, you know, if you, you can see why he chose that team as the team to try to make a run with, like the way that they played in the regular season was insane. They seemed to score goals pretty much at will. And that just completely dried up in the playoffs just, for that's whatever the, like absolutely fucking wild. Like what they they scored three goals in the series. Yeah, like, they scored more goals in the regular season than any team since like basically the last healthy version of Mario and Yager together. Right, and like, and, like the power play, like like what? Like, I don't, yeah, it's, yeah, that was it's a mess. really the and mm. and it kind of exposed the fact that Burnett. I think that Charlie, you said this on our Slack chat that like. Once he had to actually make coaching decisions, turns out he's probably not that good of a coach. He was just doing Joel Quinville. Yeah, and, or he's just not ready. Like, that was a theory yeah. I, I presented. Yeah, I presented it in our Slack. I talked to to a couple other people about it. Because it's something that worried me from the get-go when they had to fire Quenville, which, I mean, to be clear, they had to fire had Quenville. To. Yeah, like, to that, fire. Was not a, that was not a, like, should have kept. Like, no, they had to fire him. What he did in the beach situation was reprehensible or what he didn't do i guess is probably the better way to put it um but anyway um when you let go a coach who objectively speaking i may say what you will about joel quenville the you know from a morality standpoint but he's a fantastic nhl head coach he's really maybe the best one of of the best yes he's he's fantastic and you let him go and somebody like andrew burnett who's never been a head coach before in the nhl is obviously going to come in and just keep doing what's working like why wouldn't you? It's a great system. Quenville teaches fantastic systems and gets by and whatnot. So you're just going to keep doing that. But the the way hockey works is that, like, no system is perfect. You know, it's not that complex of a game. And eventually, teams are going to figure out ways to counter it. They're going to learn. They're going to pick up on some weaknesses that individual players have, that things that they can't execute perfectly within a system, and they're going to exploit it. And the playoffs can be a time like that where the games are called a bit differently so you can exploit a few more things that maybe you couldn't in the regular season. 
And what happens is a good coach has to find ways to adjust to the adjustments. And I wondered mm-hmm. after they let Quenville go if Brunette like, was going to be able to do that. And during the regular season, I was like, well, maybe he's able to do it because they're just continuing to roll. Like Maybe he's just a really good coach. Maybe this is a like Bruce Cassidy type thing where you know you fired Claude Julian. It's like, I wonder if the new coach is actually going to be any good when he has to make his own systems. And well, turns out Cassidy is also a really good coach. So whatever, maybe they got lucky. But in the playoffs, it it never, Kelly said this earlier, it never really looked like Florida was playing the same style that they Mm -hmm. play. And I don't think it's because they purposely changed it. I think it's because teams were doing a better job of defending it. And then Florida wasn't able to adapt quickly enough to get back to what they do well. And I think a lot of that does fall on the shoulders of Brunette, who, while he might, he, there's very possible that Brunette might be a really good coach at some point. I don't think he's a really good coach now. And I think Florida, especially given this team, like they were talented, they, they were good enough that even without making great adjustments, they could beat Washington because they're just a lot better than Washington. They're not right. a lot better than that's, Tampa. That's, they were clearly made uncomfortable by Washington, yes. but end yes. of the day, they're just so much a better hockey team that they just prevailed. Uh, that's like, even if, like, if Brunette's a good coach, you know, if he's not great yet, like, you ran into John Cooper and fucking Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah, Vasilevsky uh, is just, it's, you know, it's not just as, like, yeah, adjustments. It's like, you're up against the best. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing, like, as bad as Florida played relative to how they played in the regular season. Like we said earlier, like Tampa is just not making any mistakes and they're getting all the bounces and they're getting calls and Vasilevsky is a wall. Like it's just everything is breaking right for them. And it's incredibly annoying. I really hope that the Canes make it through because I, I'm really interested to see that series, how that goes. It's terrifying because the Canes goaltending situation is, you know, dicey. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. That's, I, I want to see the Canes because like the Canes clearly like better player for player matchup. Uh, but the Rangers are the only ones with the possibility to negate what's in net for Tampa. Yeah, that's like, true. If, if Shesterkin plays the way he's playing more in this series than he did in the first round, like maybe you have a shot, but Tampa's just a fucking machine. It's- I want to back up real quick to uh, to what we were talking about with with Quenville. Um, he was seven and zero when when he got fired or they parted ways or whatever you know whatever language was I think used. He resigned. I think it was the official. Yeah. Resigned. Yeah, w- yeah. Whatever it was. Um, but it was very much like a Gary Bettman probably told him to resign. <laughs> yes. No. You you have your resignation on my desk, or I'm actually going to have to do something. Like yeah. it's one of those situations. Um, you think Q is done? Like no. it's over, right? I don't no, think someone's going to hire him done. for sure. I don't think it's going to happen. A team's going to hire him. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen this year. But yeah. I don't think he's done. I mean, unless he wants to be done. Yeah, that's the thing. If he wants to come back and coach, one hundred percent, a team will hire him. And oh, I don't, don't want to get canceled. He's a really fucking good coach. And the teams that he coaches are so fun to watch. And I don't know, man. A team's going to hire him. I just think, I mean, I, I think he'll have to very, very much have to go through some type of like public rehabilitation, which I'm sure some national writers will It's my will, understanding will that he's much. been 
he's been doing something up. like some kind of like classic like he's done he's been doing something from what i understand if i read correctly somewhere. yeah and i mean look yeah. like i would fucking horses yeah i mean i would love this is just my personal cynicism i'd love to believe that he's doing that because he's sincerely apologetic and and remorseful no. but like he's not He's uh, spoiler, it's, it's very likely he's doing it because he knows it's a pathway to get back in the game. Right. Um, if I was him, I wouldn't, like, fuck it. Like, you're rich. You have three rings. Like, I wouldn't want to deal with, the, with, like, when I come back, this is what we're going to be talking about. Like, and, like, yeah, I... Yeah, but, you, you know, there's, there's an element to that, though, where, like, number one... I mean these these guys these guys love it. You know they they love coaching, they love winning. Mm-hmm. That but number 2 and this actually I mean this is this is a legitimate motivational reason to want to come back. If he never comes back. Like this is don't get me wrong, this is always going to be a stain on his career without a doubt, but it's more of a stain if he doesn't come back. Because if he doesn't mm-hmm. come back then it's like this this end He left in disgrace and yes. that was it. Whereas if he can can rehabilitate himself to the point where he gets another shot somewhere and then wins again, then suddenly it's a black mark to be sure, but it wasn't like, wasn't a career killer. And it just, his whole career is viewed differently. And someone like that, look, if you're, if you're an NHL head coach, you've got an ego and I'm sure that that, that runs in your head that like, I'm not going to let it end like this. Yeah, it's just a black mark on the league when he wins a cup and not just on him. It'll be great. I mean, uh, it- the- the I mean the NHL is like this. Like we've heard rumors they about are. Babcock yeah. being hired again, and Babcock is a monstrous human being who was like actively abusing people in the locker room. Like that's, yeah. but yeah. like there's a Verbally listen. Abusing. Babcock sucks probably as a human. Also, like, he wasn't that good of a coach. Yeah, like, like turns no one out wants when to you, acknowledge that. Turns out when turns you take out when away you the yeah, when you yeah, take away Nick the Hall Lidstrom. of Fame roster, <laughs> yeah, all of like, a sudden, not that great. Your number one defenseman's nickname is the perfect human. Uh, when you don't have <laughs> you don't have that guy, uh, things are a little bit different. Now, like I, I, I just man, the possibility that Q like could be looming bothers me. Like I. No, he'll, he'll end up with a, a like a fucking metro team and just curse us for the rest of our lives. <laughs> no, and like yeah, he'll win a he'll, he'll fucking Mike Sullivan will step down and Q will take that right. team to a couple more cups because <laughs> right. why not? I mean, one thing I will first. say is that like a hundred percent, Ed Snyder would hire Joel Quenville. Oh, without question, without he wouldn't even ask him to death. do anything. <laughs> yeah, without question, he probably would have done it already. Like, when they fired AV, he would have been on the phone with Bettman, like, hey, by the way, I'm hiring Quenville. <laughs> like, not even asking. Like, he's, I'm doing it. This is my league. Nerd. Yeah. Hang <laughs> up. <laughs> I just, like, man, and we can joke about that part of it, uh, but, like, this is, like, we you, you brought up Babcock. He sucks and everything, but there's, like, a wild, there's a lot of distance between, like, Babcock being an asshole and... Like Joel Quenville covering up sexual assault. Yeah. Oh, oh God. Oh, I'm not, absolutely. Like, I'm not absolutely. equating. No, I, I know. I know. Yeah, I know. You're. I'm just like. Yeah. Uh, the layers, like the levels of this thing. I. Man, if I'm Gary Bettman, I'm like, bro, go away, please go away. Yeah, but he and knows they're not going to. I mean, the the, the Quenville thing, like, yeah, it's just the Quenville thing was just so. It was so hockey. 
like yeah. the whole like the whole Quenville thing of we can't let this be a distraction during the playoffs. Like it's just so freaking hockey. Mm-hmm. When Quenville resigned, who jumped in to the group of two hundred hockey men? Who took his place? Do you think? It's a good question. Oh, God. <laughs> No uh, did did, did, er, did Eric Tolsky have down. to do like a uh, like a skull and bones <laughs> type of uh, initiation? That's if <laughs> we'll never find let out. Him in. If, <laughs> are you kidding? We'll if if Caroline advances to the Cup final, we'll know it was him. That's, yep. that's true. That's the go. only way you're allowed in. Uh, real quick with the Panthers again, just to wrap uh, wrap a bow on that part of the conversation. Do you think there's a chance G comes back? Do you want G back? He's not going to come back here. I was thinking, like, it might be interesting if he decides to stay there. Like, if they do some kind of, like, running, like, some kind of running it back. That might be interesting. So I don't know I, what their cap contract situation is, though. I haven't looked that hard into it. It would be tough. It wouldn't be impossible, but he'd he definitely have to take a discount, which, from what I understand, he would have been willing to take a discount to stay in Philly. So if he really likes mm-hmm. it in Florida, maybe. Um, I, I don't think it's likely... I don't think it's completely out of the realm of possibility. Like, for example, if the Flyers were to get Barry Trotz, I think that at least, like, makes Drew think about it. Where he's like, you know, they might turn this around and, you know, maybe I'll reach out and see if we could work something out. If they hire just, like, a normal coach and it looks like they're going to go young and the Flyers are still back in, you know, they're 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 moving more towards this, like, let's, you know, revamp the culture kind of thing then then probably not um which i do think that's generally speaking where they're at at the moment where it's like we got to turn this over to like the joel farabies and you know the carter hearts and the travis connecties and travis sandheims if neither of them get traded like stuff like that um but i mean if if the flyers were to get like a barry trotz and then you know i don't know find a way to convince johnny hockey like yeah maybe drew is like hey i'll take three and a half million dollars to come back if you can find a way to fit me i don't know I, I i don't think it's impossible i just think it's unlikely yeah is he immediately reinstated as cat like just in this hypothetical world is oh if he, he came back reinstated yeah. as captain yeah I, 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 right. I don't think they could they could bring him back and not make him captain i think that would be weird in the yeah it'd be room. weird if they didn't it would be very weird but like we've seen guys like lose the sea and stay like you know like it happens well, those are the thor- uh, i think they- it would have it would have yeah. to be his decision like if he came back and he was like listen you don't have to make me captain again. That is fair. Yeah, because he did say when he interviewed with Kevin Kurtz, he basically was like, it has been kind of nice not to have that yeah. hanging over me. So yeah, I guess that's possible if he came back and was like, nah, just let Coots be the captain, you know, and, and I'll I'll kind of, you know, just do my job. But it would still be such a weird dynamic. I don't think they would do it. That fucking C is cursed. I'm telling it you. It is cursed. They, ju- they should just not have a captain. They shouldn't. They, they would Philly, be a better team. They would just be a better team if they did not have a captain. What was like, the last non-cursed captain? Like Jason Smith? Jason Smith for one year. Yeah, it was the last non-cursed captain. It wasn't here long enough. Desjardins <laughs> was a decent. Like, like, he didn't have anything and, real bad happen to him. And That's true. when they asked Mike Richards that offseason if he wanted to be captain, he said, no, Gator is captain. Like, he, so he never wanted it because of Jason Smith. He just never wanted it. But yeah. regardless, yeah. I, I, would you want... I love G-Man. It's just over, right? Like... It's time for everyone to move on. I don't think, I think it has to be over, but I, I think it's over. I think it's better for him if he yeah. doesn't come back here. I totally sure. agree with that. So there's that. But also, like, 
I, I don't, I just don't know how you can, it's the same problem that we had while he was here before we traded him. Like, how do you add the talent required if you have Claude Drew? Because as we've said a thousand times, just like he was on, on Florida, like Claude Drew needs to be like your fourth or fifth best player. Yeah. If you're going to be yeah, a good hockey he's, team. He's 34 now. Like that yeah. part of his life so, is like, over. Where are we getting the three or four guys in front of him? If we're paying him to, I don't know. I just don't, I don't see how it works with the way that the Flyers are going to try to do it this offseason. Connor McDavid. He's um, pretty good, huh? Real He's good. not bad real at the ice sport. Real good. Tonight He's is not a human man. Tonight is game four of Calgary and Edmonton. The, the Oilers have played 10 playoff games. He has 23 points. It's insane. Like, if it's, they keep winning, how how many points is he going to finish with? That's... They talked about it, I think, on the 32 Thoughts pod that we listened to, Bill. I think they said that, like, no one has gotten 60 playoff points since Mario, I think is who they said. Yeah, it's it's an absolutely ridiculous potential total. Um, I'm looking at... 40 points? 40 uh, points, I 40 think, points. was the number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just, like... Um, Say Edmonton just say McDavid just keeps going nuclear and they end up in the conference or in the Stanley Cup final. Like he's the con Smythe, whether they win or lose. Oh, for he's sure. The first, he's the first non-goalie since Reggie Leach to get it in a losing effort. Um absolutely fucking incredible. On You Better You Bet, the show I produce Monday to Friday on the Odyssey app. Check it out wherever you find your podcasts. Uh we had we had Liam McHugh on as a guest last week. And yeah, he he was really cool. But they, he put it about McDavid. He thinks like the talent gap between him and the second best player in hockey is wider than one and two in any other sport. Like he's better at his sport than anyone else is in, you know, basketball, uh, football, baseball, whatever. Like the talent gap is that wide. Uh, He's so fucking good. And and we've seen the huge points totals. We've seen the highlights. Man, this dude is at a... Uh, he's at that next dominant level where he's... I mean, Calgary is a better team than that. Oh, absolutely. Like, Easily. And Calgary is, I thought, the team that would... like You know, Daryl Sutter, like they play a more structured game. They have high-end talent, so they can score with you. They put, they put in fucking nine in game one. Good goalie. Uh, yeah. They Mo, Jacob Markstrom most of the year until Shesterkin like really started playing every day. Uh, Jacob Markstrom I thought was should have been right there uh, for Vezina Trophy. They're just they're just running through them. And it's it's just and Evander he's playing Kane like, scored a hat trick in the amount of time it took me to go get another beer. <laughs> and uh, McDavid's playing like twenty four minutes a night. Yeah, which he's is playing insane. Like number one defense. I mean. When you look at their roster, he has that's to. the only path for them to succeed. But it, like, doesn't impact his game at all. Like, it's not, like, dragging him down at all. He's no. just like, oh, I'll just do this for 24 yeah. minutes a night. And he's just insane. so much, he's so much better than everybody. He's like LeBron, like, right? Like, he's yeah. just so much better than everyone. I guess it was a matter of time before we were going to get, like, one of these types of playoff runs by him. Like it was just, yeah, I'm glad it, it was, it. it was going to happen eventually where he just would, you know, enter God mode for a couple months 
because like he does it in the regular season all the time. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit, I think a little bit more of a, you know, because, and I'm not, I'm actually not giving him shit for this. I think he was right to do it. I think Edmonton was right to do it. Like they really complained a lot last year about him getting like a lot of infractions that were not called. And I think mm-hmm. that's helping this year because now probably the league talked to the refs that are refing Edmonton series and was like, Hey, we can't get embarrassed like that again. Like you gotta, you gotta call some stuff. And you can't let people get away with hacking the shit out of our best player and beating the crap out of him. Yes. And I think add that little bit more space he's probably getting this year in comparison to some other playoff runs and the fact that he's just firing all cylinders and you get this. Because the thing is with the, the fucking NHL and the way that the playoffs are, and I know that the old hockey men types of fans love this shit, but like the goal of the playoffs shouldn't be to illegally make it so the best players aren't good anymore. Like, that seems to be the strategy, because they don't call anything traditionally in the playoffs, is how do we make it so the good players aren't good, and now all of a sudden we have a level playing field? Like, that's stupid. The leveling of the playing field has always been so, like, what's the point of being great? Like, why work hard enough to be that fucking good if it's, like, actually kind of frowned upon like yeah, oh, you're yeah. too good so yeah. we're gonna let them interfere with you the yeah. entire time all that time skill like, like yeah. yes yeah. ability yeah, to play down. the game right. so like i am happy it's going this way and just like from a big picture perspective when you look at the sports in this country that um are actually successful like what did the nfl do oh yeah you're not allowed to touch the quarterback at all because that's where all of our money comes from <laughs> In the NBA, like if LeBron James or, or like or any of the top players get near the rim and somebody gets near them, the whistle blows. That's just the way it happened. In the NHL, it's the exact opposite. Yes. Like it's, it's how uh, can we so, find a way to make it so Connor McDavid isn't so good? Yeah. So <laughs> I'm I'm happy it's going that way. Uh, real quick, the Kadri and Lucic hits. Did you? Th- I didn't think either was like Lucic. If not for very- the players who. If not for the yeah. players who did it, it's clearly unintentional. Absolutely. Like the Lucic thing, that is a guy who cannot skate. No, he was that like, is oh, what oh, happened. Oh, oh, oh. And then he <laughs> like, ended up in the goaltender. <laughs> that is a guy who just can't control his arms and no. legs. And Kadri, like that's just he's he's chasing down a loose puck in the like in in the goal mount. Like that's yeah, yeah. it's a contact sport. Yeah, he gets uh, I thought the Barbashev hit on Gerard was bumped. the worst of all of them. That's the one that was dirty. Like no one's and, even talking about it anymore. That was the dirty one. I don't even know if it was dirty. It was just kind of reckless because he did not have the angle and said fuck it and laid the hit anyway. Uh, and Gerard's out for the playoffs now. But I thought that was by far, regardless of what you want to label it as, the worst of all of them. Absolutely. That was absolutely the worst one. The Kadri the, the one was just like, if it wasn't him, like you said, no one would be talking about it because everyone's waiting for Nazem Kadri to do something dirty in the playoffs because he always does something dirty in the playoffs and he hasn't because he seems to have gotten his shit together this season. And they were just like, oh, there it is. Like, no. And then Biddington has to be like a little bitch about it. And it's like, now it's a whole thing and it's gross and it's like embarrassing as a hockey fan to watch it happen. And, uh, yeah. I'm, it's funny. I'm, I'm going to love the Nazem Kadri contract that we get for, like, at least half the season next year. Oh. Like, <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a better, like, him scoring that hat trick the other night. Oh, like, God, it was so That good. was some good shit, man. It was just, like, such, like, a fuck you, like, <laughs> right to the Blues fans. It was so good. And, like, you have to be a real asshole. Like, nobody likes Kadri. 
You have to be a real asshole to make them him the hero. <laughs> yeah, this is a guy Jordan who routinely Bennington hits people in the head. Sucks. Bennington yeah. is like the worst guy. He's like such everybody, a douchebag. Everybody hates Bennington. Everybody like hates worst. Bennington so much the that worst. they somehow made Nas Kadri the hero, and like all the like the death threats and everything. Imagine like death threats over hockey. Like, like imagine having that kind of time on your hands to be that upset. Like the the fucking the intelligence level of these people. Uh, it non-existent. The thing I that's just... really depressing is in the things that his wife posted from Instagram, a lot of them were like kids. Like they were like high school kids, which is just really depressing. It's just, it's, you know. Go to your fucking uh, room. Wrap it up real quick. Cup picks. I got Colorado, Tampa. It's got to be Colorado, Tampa. That's, that's against the chalk us. one. I mean, I. Give it to us. I. I'll I'll go. Charlie gonna go spicy? No, I'll go spicy. I'll go. uh, I'll go Carolina Edmonton. See a rematch of that one from the mid two thousand. Fucking oh my god! I still think Colorado has a choke left in them. And shut your mouth. And if it's not going to be Calgary that wins the series, I'm going to pick the team that beats Calgary. I still think Cal. In all honesty, I still think Calgary finds a way to win the series. So really, my really my pick is Calgary, Carolina. But I'm gonna have fun with this and say. Uh, Caroline Edmonton because why not and that is all the time we have for you on BSH radio this week thank you all for listening thank you for hanging out it was good to be back together guys we need to do this more often maybe like say say once a week that sounds good (laughs) so uh yeah good show today uh how do I close I don't remember Thank you all and for listening. That, Thank you yeah. for hanging out. If you haven't already, there it is. you got to hit that subscribe button. Search Broad Street Hockey wherever there are podcasts, and boom, content, content, content. Flyers are gone, luckily. We're not. Uh, we're back, and we're going to be doing shows throughout the offseason, everything you're going to need to know, free agency draft, uh, all that shit to get you ready for another exciting year. Philadelphia Flyers hockey. Hashtag bring it to broad. All right. uh, Thank you to Kelly. Thank you to Charlie. My name is Bill Matz. Until next time, have a great week, everybody. Are you ready to talk about sports? What is up, Astros fans? This is Jeff Balke and my partner, former Astro Jeff Blum from the Believe in Astros podcast to tell you baseball is back and we've got your world champion Houston Astros covered. Every week we go inside the clubhouse, break down the games, discuss the players and give you everything you need to know about the Houston Astros baseball organization with special guests and a few surprises all summer and into the postseason. So tune in to the Believe in Astros podcast. That's B-L-E-A-V on Apple. Spotify, YouTube, and everywhere you get your podcasts, go Astros.